0: welcome to the 247th episode of the so video games podcast where we talk about any game at all including new stuff old stuff and anything in between if we are playing it we'll be talking about it today we are recording on august 25th 2021 my name is brad galloway i am the editor of gamecritics.com and 50 percent of this here show with me is the man who has a lot to talk about today carlos rodella
1: We sure do. We have a lot of games, a lot of housekeeping. Man, let's just get right to it. Should we just like skip all the pleasantries?
0: Yeah, yeah, let's just do it. We have a really big show, folks. we got a lot of games to talk about, and I feel feel like uh, there's a lot of other extra stuff to talk about, tangential or not. Let's just get to it. So, folks, as you know, uh, Carlos and I share a living arrangement, big house, old house, very well done, Uh, good craftsmanship. But we split it right down the middle with a strip of duct tape. On my side, in terms of housekeeping... I don't think – I have one tiny, tiny thing. Carlos, what is on your side of the housekeeping?
1: I don't know how you keep it so clean.
0: I'm just naturally tidy, I guess.
1: I kind of am too, but maybe not after seeing your side of the house. Well, <laughs> really quickly, um, obviously we won't talk about it on this show because we have too much stuff to talk about, but the Xbox Showcase happened. Gamescom is happening right now. Uh, the – what is it called? Opening Night Live happened today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, Maybe let's cover that next episode or even like we could do like a small, short, special episode.
0: Yeah, very possibly, very possibly. I was sitting here and I I was very busy today. I had a lot of stuff going on. My in-laws are still in town. Uh, My son had a thing going on today. I had to do some roof repair, which I'm still kind of in the middle of. I had no time at all to see the Gamescom stuff, but man, my inbox was blowing up. It was just like. Started the day literally with two emails because I did a bunch last night. And I'm like, I'm like over 200 now. So I got a whole wow. bunch of stuff to go through tonight. So, yeah, not now. I, I haven't caught up on anything, haven't watched any trailers. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Speaking of Gamescom, just really quickly, I do want to give a heads up to people that I did once again do the sign language interpreting for the Xbox showcase. So, in case you are a person who needs sign language, you are probably not listening to this podcast. But if you know someone who does need the sign language, please let them know that stream exists. You can find it. Just search Xbox Gamescom 2021 ASL, and that feed will come up. And please feel free to share that with anybody you know who might need the sign language. There you go. Yes,
1: it's awesome you do that. And also, I just thought of something. You are on camera for those things. So maybe next time you do one, wear the So Video Games Podcast t-shirt.
0: They will not allow that, but that's a good idea. No, you have no idea how strict that thing is when we go there. All of the little, like, all of the, I, you know, I'm not even sure how much I can even talk about, but there's no way that I'm choosing my own clothing or even <laughs> okay, what okay. I'm even doing. It's it's totally under under the, the control of the production team.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's no problem. Um, I will, uh, maybe I'll try to sneak on the stream somehow.
0: There you go. And Good I just idea, run, run by Good this idea. screen. Just streak, just streak through.
1: Yeah. Get this guy out of here. No, wait, I don't. Yeah, I streak with a T-shirt. Streaking is usually naked, right? So I don't want to be, well, I want to t a T-shirt. A t-shirt
0: yeah. Or just hold up the shirt.
1: Oh, my goodness. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Black Myth trailer came out, which looks really, really cool. Uh, it's that based on an old Chinese legend or Chinese anime or story where you're a monkey person. And it's like running in uh, Unreal 5, and it just looks ridiculously awesome. It's kind of a boss rush game. Okay. So if you've not checked it out or for anybody listening hasn't checked it out, go check out the footage. It looks ridiculous. It's called Black Myth, and you're a monkey person. I believe that's the correct terminology
0: for you're like the famous people. Monkey King character. Is that? Yeah. Is that yeah. Thinking? Yeah. It's like that. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, so
1: that look just kind of blew me away. I thought I'd mention that. Uh, also, oh, yeah. They're re releasing Skyrim again.
0: I thought that was a joke at first, but I guess it's not a joke.
1: It's not a joke. And we were just joking about it, I think, on this podcast. And they did it and they're adding new content. So they're actually adding some like, oh, Jesus. DLC I just, or something. Can
0: we, can we, as a species, just move on from Skyrim? Move I mean, on move on like i it i get i get it's super popular i know that like you know a lot of people got into it a lot of people have a lot of love for skyrim but like there's so many other games out there we there's so much stuff has happened since skyrim is new let's just let's all just give skyrim one last big hug tell it we love it (laughs) and let's just move on with our lives
1: yeah and also let's get the next freaking elder Scrolls game how about that
0: or we'll just do skyrim again Ugh.
1: I was going to mention this game called Wayward Realms, but I guess I'm not going to anymore, even though I am right Literally now. Literally just
0: did, yes. I
1: know. It's an RPG that supposedly they were going to try to do this AI director, similar to some of the other horror games that where sure, the AI sure. kind of controls the, the, the differences of the game and uh, looks at how you're you know responding and doing things. And in an RPG, that would be amazing, and it hasn't really been pulled off very well. But the problem is, after I got excited about this idea... Uh, I did some digging and some other YouTube videos, and it seems like the team is basically either disbanded or just not really working well together.
0: No. So maybe oh, that's well. not going to happen. Okay. That's a so
1: you can go check it out, though, on YouTube. There's a kind of rabbit hole with it. It's kind of an interesting story arc. So look at Wayward Realms, and you'll get an interesting story. Um, lastly, two things. Psychonauts 2 is out right now for Game Pass.
0: Yeah, it just came out like last night, I think.
1: Yeah, and so now I'm going to pick it up, or I installed it just now, and I think tonight I'll be messing around with that. Um, Big fan of Psychonauts 1. And then I don't want to really review this on the show, or I guess maybe you want to at some point, but I was just going to give my quick thought on 12 Minutes.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out, uh, I don't know, a week ago, a couple days ago. You and I were both really excited for this when we saw the trailer whenever that trailer came out of last year or six months ago or whenever it was yeah it kind of stealth dropped on game pass and i guess everywhere else as well and boy i gotta say i was very surprised uh like in my feed maybe like one or two people said it was okay and basically everybody else was like wow this game is terrible which i really was not expecting i was very uh taken aback by that what did you uh did you play all the way through it or what are your what's your quick thoughts i
1: i had to stop i don't do not like that game wow you had to stop yeah and what i'm going to do and this you know this because you've heard me talk about this on the podcast whenever i really don't like something i'm going to watch the ending on youtube
0: oh sure oh sure why wouldn't just
1: well i mean because i mean my point is that i'm not going to give the effort to try to finish it right even though it's in quotes a short game you have to do things just right and my biggest problem with it this is like a not a review review is that it's the thing that you and i both hate it's old old school adventure game where combine thing with this thing and if you don't do it exactly right it just doesn't work and then you mix that element that we both don't already like and then you give a time limit to it which should be a cool idea and hook instead it's terrible because you run out of time and then you just got to go through all the bullshit again just to try the other combination of something. So you're constantly running out of time to try these stupid puzzle things. And you know what I mean? And sometimes you have to like, literally look up game facts because they just don't make sense. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And, and then one more thing. This is a minor spoiler. So if anybody listen, just go ahead and skip five Jump minutes. Jump ahead a minute
0: there. Jump ahead a minute if you don't want to be spoiled.
1: One of the main things you have to do is you have to drug your wife.
0: Yeah, you, they show that in the trailer, I believe. Oh, do
1: they? Okay, you have to, but that like it just seems weird as f because like you're like that's a main component to this is like you know sn- sneak in some sleeping pills into your wife's drink so she can pass out and and she was had like this whole dinner made for you and everything and you're like drugging her and she, you know.
0: Anyways, not a cool move. Not a cool move. We not have a, a cool lot of move. problems with that in real life. Let's not make it a game mechanic.
1: Yeah, it's just right now, especially. And then secondly, I heard a lot of really bad negative things about that ending so that's why i'm going to youtube it because if it gets even worse i did all those like puzzle pieces just to get to the end and then i don't like the ending yeah. so what I a mean, disappointment
0: that, yeah. yeah very much very much i'm also disappointed and uh, I'm, i guess i'm glad that you brought this up because i had people in my feed who wanted me to play it because they wanted my take on it but it's like dude my time is so limited i'm not going to play something that i basically already know i'm not going to like because you and i are on record many times on the show as saying that we hate Moon Logic in old school adventure games, like the point and click kind of bullshit that make you jump through. I like that is like my probably one of my least favorite things in all of gaming. And that sounds yeah. like that's all this game is. And on top of that, people were saying uh, that the voice actors, like all the actors they got were basically like really like well-known Hollywood actors. And people were telling me they thought the voices were not that great. You know, maybe they would have uh, done a little better focusing their efforts, getting decent voice actors and writing a better script. But hey, everybody who talked to me who finished it said they really disliked it. The story didn't hold together and a lot of people were very frustrated, and disappointed. And so I'm just I'm just not gonna play it because I just don't have that much time. I can't I can't go into a game knowing it's bad. So yeah.
1: And by the way, to, to that point of voice acting, good point, as um Daisy Ridley and I forgot the other guy's it's name. Like Willem Dafoe isn't Willem it? Willem is in it. Yeah. yeah. It's not about that. It's about that the game itself is an adventure game where you're you again, like you have such a short amount of time you're just like picking different dialogue options mm-hmm. and all the text and all the voiceover is just like running over each other. Oh, and then on good. top of that, the game engine, I'm really just doing the review now. Sure. You're just, you're just <laughs> doing it, man. The game engine itself doesn't understand whether or not the character is mad at you. So say the girl gets really mad at you because you said something and she's like, we're not talking again for a while. And then you ask her another question on the dialogue tree and she's like back to normal
0: so oh, that's broken yeah.
1: too so it's you know i don't think it's the voice actor's fault it's the unfortunately the programming and yeah what a ugh, i'll say it again a disappointment
0: disappointing because we were both so stoked but i guess so i guess that's what happens yeah there you go so there's a uh, a review not a review of 12 minutes yeah all right house clean oh, house clean um the only thing i was going to say in terms of the housekeeping uh, just a really quick shout-out to the show Miracle Workers. Did we talk about this already on the show? No, did we, we not?
1: me and you have DM'd about it. I love that series so much. It's an anthology. Go ahead and explain it.
0: Yeah, basically, it's a cast of characters. Uh, there's three seasons right now. I just started season three last night, and each season is a completely different thing. So the cast is the same, but in the first episode, they're, they're like people in heaven who are trying to solve a problem on Earth. In the second series, it's all the same actors, but they have new roles. They're all just like medieval people uh, dealing with a kingdom that's got trouble. And the third series, again, same actors but new roles. They're all uh, in the Wild West, and they're on a wagon train going to Oregon. Oregon so it's, Trail, yeah, yeah, the Oregon Trail, exactly. I love the cast. It's got uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi are probably the most uh, famous people on the cast, but uh, all the cast I think is really great. It's a you know straight up comedy series, and all of the the thing that really I think like the best about it is that they take these settings. Uh, you know, Angels in Heaven, or the Medieval, or the Wild West, but they infuse it with, like, modern-day speech, so, like, people are saying things that are very relatable and easy to understand, and with the kind of attitude and snark that makes things funny today, so it seems like an anachronism, but I think it works really well, and I, I love the cast, and I just... It's so light and fun. And in general, it's really good hearted as well. So I just, I really enjoy it so much.
1: It's so incredible. I remember when I found it and I never brought it up to you. We just found it independently. Yeah. Um, I love Daniel Radcliffe as a comedy actor, he's by the great. way. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. And then that woman he plays beside, his, the main woman that he's usually like involved with, and it's like some yes, sort of love yes. thing. Uh, she's incredible. I, I feel like. Oh, I love I, her. I don't love know her. her so name. Much. I think yeah. her name is
0: Geraldine. She's fantastic. I, yeah, I forget. She's great. I'm like drawn
1: to whatever she's gonna do in the show. Um, and by the way, that that point that's really great about it is that it's it takes the modern stuff that we know now, like Instagram or likes, you know, all that kind of crap. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it, it doesn't just say it's that. It it morphs it for the time period. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. And um, I remember seeing the first series, and then they were talking about not doing another one because they didn't want to do heaven again. Right. And then they were like, "Well, the only way we can do this is to just make it an anthology and change the the seasons." And that's the best thing they could have ever done. Ah, it's
0: so good. It's so good because I do want more from these characters, right? But it's funny when we got to the end of season one, and they solved the problem, and heaven was, uh, you know, heaven had its answer, and everything was fine. And uh, we started the next series, and I'm like, you know, I'm actually really glad they did this because they already went through all the god and angel and devil jokes. Like there weren't any good jokes left, right? And you don't want it to get old. I'm I'm really glad they changed and just did something new because. Now they have this whole new batch of material to mine. It's fresh, yeah. but it's still the thing that you like because the actors are still bringing it. It's just, it's great, dude. It's really great. This is the kind of thing that I would expect from like the BBC or the UK. We don't do this kind of thing that often here in America. So I'm really glad that we're doing it here. Great stuff. I totally recommend it. Miracle Workers season one, two, and three. Wonderful.
1: I'm so glad you brought it up again though, because you reminded me to finish season three. I don't think it's I think it's still going.
0: Yeah, I think it's but, still going um, right
1: now. And by the way, I'll say this: even not having finished season three, season two is definitely going to be my favorite. I think they nailed all of the parts in that, mm-hmm. and so far I'm enjoying season three. But like season two, from the first episode I was in, so I think they just I don't know something was really special there. So uh okay moving on that was great yeah um we should bring up more shows because there's so many shows
0: good stuff good stuff okay so that is our uh housekeeping housekeeping's over lots of stuff to talk about we're just gonna plow right into it with a bunch of games we have to talk about so checking off 12 minutes that's done check next carlos let's start it with you uh you were bringing the tales of arise demo to the show um i don't know really anything about this other than it's I assume the next entry in the tales series, which seems to have 75 games in it at least. And I don't know if they're connected or they're not connected. Are they just like an anthology series just yeah. like uh, miracle yeah, miracle It Resist? kind of is
1: like miracle Wars, I think. Yeah. Cause I never can find that thread line uh, or through line. If there is one, um, you know, it's, it's an RPG. It's an action RPG. Uh, that's all you really need to know. Uh, and the demo is out right now for, I think every system, all the consoles, maybe even PC.
0: Very possible. Probably. I don't know.
1: Um, but yeah, I'll tell you a couple things about it. I played a lot of it. Um, there's some good things and bad things, but the short answer is it the graphics are pretty amazing and the fact that they're anime, action RPG, just think action RPG, Ease, all those types of games. But then also kind of a watercolor effect, which I've not seen before. Like it's literally something I have not seen. It looks similar to Genshin Impact and the fact okay. that it's like cartoony in a way, but this one has more depth than Genshin Impact, where Genshin Impact's more like 2D style, but this is like a full 3D world, anime characters, but there's a really cool watercolor thing going on, so I've never seen it before, and it, the world is just beautiful to walk around in, Um, and the combat is action combat, but what's really interesting is that, and maybe not interesting, I just don't know why they chose this, you see monsters in the field, as mm. you do, when you go up to them, it turns into a, an action battle, so it, it switches to another screen. Gotcha. But you don't need to do that. I, I don't know why they did that because, you know, you could just see them in the field. So normally action RPG, you, you just attack them.
0: Just would fight in the same field. Yeah, that you found them yeah. In. yeah
1: so I'm not sure what they did that. Maybe because there is a lot of different animations and combos, and they didn't want to do that within that area, right? Like, because l- let me explain. It's similar to Final Fantasy, where like there's over the top combos. Sure. And you you know level up, blah, blah blah. Your friends help you. You have a huge party. They all have their own special moves. You have a directional pad and can basically pick any other special moves when they're charged. So they come in and do like a fancy thing. And it just takes over the whole screen. It's a very old school Final Fantasy or I guess 15 as well. Just crazy over the top killing, you know, destruction spells. So that's really cool, but it does get a little old quick. I don't know if if you're like that with like Final Fantasy games and you're like, yeah, I've already seen this animation twenty hundred times.
0: That's my that's my biggest problem with these kind of games, whether it's an RPG or an action RPG. Um, I don't personally get, like, a ton of enjoyment out of, like, doing 10,000 battles, right? And I know that some people dig that, and that's cool. Um, you know, I don't want to yuck your yum if that is your thing. But for me, I feel like it just ends up, like, taking up a lot of time, and I would rather do something else. Like, I'm more interested in, like, what's happening in the story. Or maybe maybe if there's something in there that I'm, like, manipulating myself, like, if I'm real time changing things in the combat to kind of get different um, effects or like if there's something kind of crunchy to it but like if it's just like doing the same combat over and over where you're attacking and do a couple spells and it's not you're not really doing all that much but there's yeah. a million battles I get really burned out by that.
1: Well, that and that's one thing, but the other thing is this is I'm talking specifically about the animations themselves. Like, you know how they take over the whole screen and you're like, well, can I just get to the part where it takes off the damage?
0: <laughs> is it kind of like a pre-rendered, like a mini cutscene yeah, yeah, type yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's what gotcha. I'm talking about. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And
1: so, yeah, no, I get you know, you don't want to do eight thousand battles. Sometimes that's you know grinding, but this is more like I was just a little annoyed by how much I had to see these same cutscenes oh, because you're yeah. doing them all the time because your your heroes that are helping you are always charging up their you know abilities. The other thing that was weird is unless I turn it on story mode. And I just had a normal originally. The enemies are bullet spongy to hell.
0: Ah oh, man. Okay.
1: And that's weird because, like, again, these guys are doing these special moves. I brought down the moon and smashed it on your face. And, <laughs> oh, wait, the bird isn't dead yet.
0: You got to bring down the moon like two, three <laughs> more times, man.
1: <laughs> like I pull out a gun from the shield. It's like a shield gun. Shoot the bird like 85 times. The bird's like half health gone. Oh yeah. So that really bothers me when that happens in RPGs. I don't get why they do it. Um, that said, it is very relaxing to play. I'm a, a, um, I love action RPGs in general, so I do like it and I like the look of it. So there's some negatives and positives. Um, the other thing that's kind of cool is that anytime in the field, you can talk to your uh, companions. So there's a lot of like you know story time. You go to the uh, rest stop, you know, a little campfire. You can cook. There's a whole cooking thing. There's a lot of, like, talking at the rest stops. There's a lot of kind of dialogue there. Um, and I think that's it. That's my short thing. Oh, in the in the beginning of the demo, you can pick, like, four or five different characters, and each one fights, you know, quite different. Like, one's just, like, melee, one's right. a sword, one's... Right. So. so that's kind of cool. So the demo lets you just kind of see one main character all the way through. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence with it because mainly of that ridiculous over the top cutscenes that happen so much. Uh, and then lastly, the right trigger is roll right. Trigger is dodge oh, roll.
0: That's no good. Hey, okay. You, remap it?
1: you can't remap it.
0: Oh man. I'm out dude. I right. So and I'm a Mr.
1: Dodge roll, you know, yes. that's my middle name.
0: It's your bread and butter.
1: And then also check this out. Uh, these are all negative. Sorry. Right button is attack. Right button. Why? Okay,
0: you mean the you mean the shoulder like the Should, bumper, like kind the of thing? the
1: bumper, okay. Are and you then just constantly hammering it. No wait, it doesn't feel good to hit it either. Yeah. And then A, B, and Y or something or whatever your console you're on. Some of the base buttons are attack, but they're powered attacks, so they they need like energy. Mm. So it's a confusing thing. Like I'm hitting those buttons, but I can't really button mash them because I don't know if I have enough power for all of them. So I go back to the right button. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life?
0: That sounds um, like a pretty crazy setup, dude. It's a
1: weird setup, The weird cutscenes. I'm on the fence. I love the look of it. That's my review of the demo. Of the I, demo, I, yes. I, I don't know. There's things to like there.
0: Well, this is a long-running series. There's a lot of fans who love the tales of games. It's never been something for me, so I can't really say one way or the other. But hearing what you're talking about it. I think I'm going to give that one a pass, and it sounds like sounds like you're probably going to give it a pass, too. I'm I not might hearing about blood here.
1: Yeah, I might give it a pass, just because I know there's so many games coming out right now in the fall. Oh,
0: dude. Um, yeah, you, infinite you know, games. Yeah, There's just
1: so many, so I might, yeah. Moving on.
0: Moving on. Okay, Wait, that's so, your line. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, you can say it, too. You okay, can I'm going
1: to say time. your line sometimes. Moving Go on.
0: Moving on. Uh, okay, so a little bit of an unconventional thing today. Everybody who listens to the show, or if you are a frequent listener, knows that I rarely ever play the pc the only thing that really gets me on playing the pc is like a porno game because that's like the only place you can play them (laughs) and we've discussed but we are supposed to review those on the show we never did yet we never did well yeah i got surprise in store for you so just hang tight for a second but for for one reason or another um i was contacted by a couple of different people and they each convinced me to you know lower my pc ban and jump on and play something this week. So I actually played like 3 PC games this week, which is Whoa. crazy. Crazy for me and very very unusual. So everybody's a frequent listener, buckle in and just, you know, yeah, it's it's shocking, surprising, very strange twist of events. First one that we played, The Adventures of DinoBot and Tiara. Uh this is a 2D side scrolling infinite runner where there's a bit of a story, I forget what the story is because it's very slight. Uh, But you have uh, you control two characters at the same time. Dinobot is a looks like what is it Triceratops something like that. I don't know
1: about dinosaurs, but he's the one with like the big head and the horns. And yeah, I believe it's
0: a believe it's a Triceratops of some sort. Tiara is like a little kitten, I believe it is, who sits on his back. You push one button and Dinobot jumps. You can push another button and then Tiara jumps off of his back to give you kind of a to to uh, jump even higher. And the reason you want to jump high is because as you're walking from left to right, uh, little, what is it, candies or something kind of come by in the sky and you want to catch them all for, yeah, like, sport purposes. Yeah. So that is the the gist of what the game is. Um, hand-drawn graphics, very simple. Uh, Carlos, what did you think of this game?
1: First off, um, yeah, it's so funny that the the first time you come back into the realm of PC, <laughs> foreshadowing, by the way, <laughs> Foreshadowing. a lot of these games are maybe... You Know top tier PC games, <laughs> so I was like, Man, I could have brought you into the PC world in such a different fashion. I'm sorry, I foreshadowed, but uh, this game is yeah, it's a mobile game, it feels like a mobile game. Yes. I said that before the podcast, yes. yes. Um, I, there's one positive thing I'll say about it okay. in general, though, it is Moon Patrol. Remember Moon Patrol?
0: Way back in like what 1984 or something. Yeah, like that, I think yes. they redid it at some point. Yeah, they Could did be. for
1: um. It's coming out for uh. What's his butt? Tommy Tallarico's new in television. Oh, yeah. I'm I a deep that. cut guy. Motherfucker. I forgot that was even a thing. But okay, go ahead. I know my. Vi- I'm just like proud of myself right now because I know <laughs> everything about video games. Anyways, his in television does look fun, but um, I interviewed him at some point. So they are redoing Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol was a game where you just go from left to right which is what all these infinite runners do and yeah. you always have to jump and be wary about like things in the work in the road sure. like obstacles, obstacles come shooting at you. Yeah. yeah and it's like a one shot dead kind of moon patrol game right that's you just one shot and you're done and this is the same thing but you can get hearts if you go far enough and then they give you basically a one-up um so that's the game and you just, that's it really you, you can jump and then you're you're dinosaur can jump and then the cat can jump but that's weird when you jump you can also make the cat jump so he can jump higher yeah, right cuz exactly, you're up exactly. in the air yep yep and it's all that's the the whole thing of the game basically trying to figure out that uh, you know thing cuz like birds and weird shit will fly at you and you got to jump over them or stay underneath them again very moon patrol for the people who know what i'm talking about uh and i'll say the other positive is <laughs> these are the positives you're, la- you're
0: laughing i hear you laughing
1: well, it's a mobile game. I can't really give it a lot of praise. Uh, it uses the controller or the mouse. I really like the mouse because with the mouse, I got in this, like, left-click, right-click combo. Okay. And it felt so much better than the controller because the controller was – I just felt like I kept hitting the wrong button okay. and just dying all the time. And so, like, the, with the mouse, I actually got in a little bit of a flow, and I got, like, 78,000 points, not going to brag – That seems like a lot. It's a lot. I don't know what that means. but, And I did a couple of stages. So, yeah, it's kind of fun and relaxing with the mouse. Other than that, you know, come on. This is, come on. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know what to say. By the way, also, when you get hit, it doesn't even do a hurt animation. It just does a green glow. And I'm like, am I supposed to know that I got hurt?
0: I guess that's what the green glow means, I suppose.
1: You get a green glow, and then it just stops. The game's like, no, we're over uh it's not a it's not really a game okay (laughs) but i was the only positive i'll say is that when you get in that flow that's what these infinite runners are for sure this game works really well with the mouse left right click right left click right click and i was like in a flow for a bit enjoying it
0: all right that is very that is a very generous assessment (sighs) thank you thank you yes very good job you know me Um, so, okay, so there's something I didn't tell you about this game, Carlos, and I didn't want to tell you because I wanted your absolute honest opinion. Oh, wait, did you make this game? I did not make this game. Oh,
1: it felt so bad.
0: (laughs) You didn't say anything really bad about it, though. I didn't. I was being pretty nice nice to it. Yeah. Um, no, so kind of along those same lines, though, this game was actually made by one of the Game Critics staff. So it wasn't me. It was made by uh, Daniel Weissenberger, long time, one of our core members, one of the pillars of the Game Critics writing staff. Uh, love Dan. Amazing guy. Amazing writer. I don't know what possessed him to make this game, but he made this game, and he's like, Would you please talk about it in the show? And nice. I felt weird about it, right? Because I'm like, Well, I know you, Dan. Like, we're friends. We've known each other forever. Plus, you're like a writer, and I'm your editor, and this is kind of weird. But I knew that you didn't really know Dan, and you didn't know anything about this, so I wanted you to talk about it honestly so you could give this very honest assessment. And folks, I, Carlos had no idea. <laughs> I didn't tell him anything about this until literally just now.
1: I know. I somehow feel duped. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah,
0: no, that's, I mean,
1: but... kind of. Kind of. But it is good because I did give my honest opinion. It does feel like, and this is not even a negative thing, and I think I was kind of positive, it feels like a game I would play on my phone, which everybody plays games on their phone, right? Sure. So it's not like something I would boot up Steam for, is all I'm saying, right?
0: Exactly. It's
1: cool that it's on there, but like if I had this and turned my phone sideways, oh, I'd be playing it for a while. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Although I would suggest make that green glow when you get hit, like an oomph sound or blood or something. (laughs) because
0: see the cat explode let's do that
1: yeah because some sort of damage needs to be done in this that's my biggest yeah
0: yeah. which is cool i i think it's you know making a game is great i give praise to anybody who makes one good you know good on dan for doing this for whatever reason he made it um if he wasn't somebody who (laughs) i had a personal relationship with i would have never played this game and you know it's like you said it's like a little shorty short quickie something you'd play on your phone for a minute i jumped into steam played it for like a minute and i'm like i'm good So yeah, yeah you got we go. it we got it and, and, and also they, i got to
1: bring up moon patrol so that's there good. you
0: go nice little tangent out of it too all right dan we played your game we talked about your game and i feel like we did it in the most genuine and honest way possible so i do not feel dirty now that's good good on me and also good on you carlos thank you for being my unwitting test subject
1: you're you're welcome do it again next time I'll, i'll, I'll try it again I, <laughs> I like it kind of
0: All right, that was The Adventures of Dinobot and Tiara, uh, now revealed to be created by Game Critics' longtime staff writer, core member of Game Critics, Dan Weisenberger. Okay, moving on, uh, I was also talked into playing a PC game by a developer who is just a developer, has no relationship with me or Game Critics, just a regular developer out there. But they really were looking to have their game covered, and I said, sure, we can do this. Mech Armada, I believe it's in early access right now. I think I meant to look that up before we got the show, and I forgot. Basically, it is a kind of an isometric game where Earth has been taken over by mutants or aliens or something, and a scientist has come up with a kind of robot, a mech, if you will, that uh, you can mix and match the parts on. And when you shoot enemies, it builds up a little energy meter, and when your energy meter is full enough you can instantly create a second mech right alongside you. And that's just how it goes, right? You kill you kill mutants, build up the energy, get enough energy, make more mechs. And so you kind of, like, reinforce yourself as you're going uh, on each battlefield. And I believe, Carlos, correct me if I'm wrong, there's also kind of a time limit because it seemed like this purple fog kind of rolled in after a while. And if yeah. you were not killing enemies fast enough, that purple fog would catch up to you and then you would just, like, die. And it seemed like in that respect kind of like a roguelike perhaps because it seems like they want you to go on like runs rather than like some kind of long campaign is that does that seem correct to you
1: yeah it's so tricky because i i don't see any purpose in that like fog um i know what you're saying like they're trying to make you go fast but it, this is a strategy game so that yeah. to me it felt like at, at odds i agree with what I agree. this game was especially because um newsflash you can
0: die fast Yes, like very fast yeah
1: I mean you got to basically upgrade your stuff and I guess yeah there is a kind of roguelike element in the fact that after you die you're, you're still picking stuff up and you're still going back to your the home screen where you're you know um, upgrading and and creating more bots so but then you can add you know health to them so they can get stronger for next time but yeah even my best bot near the end of like last time I played it this is awesome bot with all these two two different guns and uh extra health thing and in, in my Body part and um, two shots, yeah. you know, and I'm dead yeah. but from like a tail of a monster. Yeah. So, and, and what's interesting, they're also doing a strategy where it's like they're disposable. So, even though you work really hard in these bots, um, as long as you pick up, like you said, energy on the field, which is a unique kind of thing, you can like deploy new bots. So, it's like you just when you think you're screwed, I got, I picked up a battery. And I had one guy left who was just a health bot. He was like, not going to do anything besides heal people. Right. But I was able to buy me some time to put down another bot. Yeah. And then I somehow won won that match. So yeah. it's interesting. Um, I keep wanting like a tactical game that I'm going to love. Yeah. But this, like you said, is I think much more a roguelike than I would like.
0: It's interesting because I was really drawn to this trailer. And I think that's originally how um, I ended up talking to the developer – I think the trailer is great. And when I actually started playing the game, it, it, I, I remember being surprised because I was like, wow, this feels a lot different than I thought it was going to feel based on what I saw in the trailer. Um, it didn't exactly, you know, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but I think it's kind of a cool idea. I mean, I definitely agree with you. Not a fan of the rushing, that purple fog that like kind of like cuts you off if you don't uh, kill things fast enough. Not a fan of that. I don't really want time limits in my strategy games like that. I mean, I mean, cool. Do your own thing and, and you know, have a new idea. Um, but for me, that pressure is kind of unwelcome. I really want to take my time. I want to like strategize. That's what I enjoy about the genre. Right. So, yeah. especially with the which I do think is actually a pretty cool idea. I do like the idea of getting this energy and then reinforcing your troops like on the spot. Pretty yeah, cool. I'm, I I'm do in like favor of that. that idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, But at this point, it feels really uh, rough and really early. There's a lot of uh, areas that need to be fixed. It seems like it's got some potential. um, And as I was playing, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I bet like in six months, this would be kind of killer. But right now, very early. But I guess uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, So we'll see. Just as a little quick addition, uh, before the show, I was asking people for any comments on the games that we're going to be talking about today. And we did get a comment on this one from one of my good personal friends. His name is Alex Connolly. Wonderful guy. He's an artist wonderful artist i bought many pieces from him uh and some are actually hanging up in my home and he says man mech armada was a letdown i'm sure there's room here for growth but right now it couldn't be more boilerplate here's gaming's dirty little secret sometimes adding mechs just isn't enough so Hmm. definitely coming down on it harder than you or i did but he's got some opinions there thank you for that comment by the way alex um so yeah i think you know i'll come back to it like in six months or whatever and see how it's coming it feels like it's not quite ready uh, by any means, but I feel like there's the beginnings of some good stuff here.
1: Yeah, and to its uh, credit or whatever, it is early access. I just looked it yeah, up. Yeah, okay, thank you. So, and that makes sense because it does feel like, um, yeah, the beginning of a the game. And they're talking about like patch 0.2, you know? There you go. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, I think we do say some positive things about it because I like. The concepts of on the field yeah, I, upgrading. Yeah, I love the concept.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: as I'm looking at some of the pictures, like some of those mechs later on look badass.
0: They do. Yeah, they do. But
1: my mine did not. You know, like yeah. mine were like pretty pretty bad. So like if I don't like die in one shot or two shots later on, I can I can see really digging it. Um So yeah, we'll def- definitely check it out again, and it's in our library. So
0: yeah for sure i will come back to it and once it's had some patching and once it's you know once it's come a little further down the road and as as everybody knows i'm not really mr early access anyway so you know i'm i want to see something that's much closer to being finished that's just how i roll but i like what i'm seeing so far i see definitely some potential yep all right that is mech armada currently in early access on pc moving on carlos cloud garden this is a game uh i gave you a code for this didn't i
1: yeah i played it good
0: yes okay good uh we were provided a code for this uh by the developer to talk about it on the show which we are doing right now this is going to be i think it's already out in pc and early access but it is coming to a like a 1.0 release to xbox where i played it and i did you play it on pc or xbox where'd you play it uh steam steam okay so yeah PC. pc this is a very strange one this is a game that i struggle to even kind of describe what it is basically it's a gardening game but it's also like a puzzle game but it's also like a super chill relaxing game
1: i would Uh, call it a puzzle game and not miss mix words because gardening would like i think of harvest moon you know
0: yeah it's not it's not a farming game but it's like a straight up puzzle game in my opinion okay okay that's fair that's fair i can understand that basically what you do is you get (laughs) tripping my tripping over myself on this one so you you get a chunk of like area like it looks like post-apocalypse right so maybe you'll get like a chunk of an overpass maybe a chunk of abandoned roadway maybe a a rickety house or something that's falling down and it's just like a little chunk of it floating in in air so it's just kind of like an abstract presentation you get a couple of seeds and there's like a whole tutorial that kind of explains it i'll just just cut to the chase here you get a couple seeds and you place them on this area which you can rotate around and you can look at all sides of it once you put a seed down What's weird about this game is what makes the seed grow is by placing other objects in the environment. So let's say, for example, you have a grass seed. You place it on the ground, like a piece of abandoned roadway. Uh, You put the seed there, and then you put down a garbage can next to it. And simply placing that garbage can next to it makes that seed grow a little further, and you'll put down, like, a mailbox, and then the seed gets even bigger, and the grass grows. And once you hit a critical mass with that grass, it'll sprout seeds. And then you grab those seeds, And you need to plant those seeds and make those seeds grow. Each chunk of the land that you get has like a target. So you want to reach like, I don't know, 100% of the maximum growth or something. So you have to like carefully place the seeds so that you want to like stimulate three or four or five seeds at the same time with your items. Because you have a limit of the items. And you want to collect all the seeds as soon as possible. And you want to plant those as soon as possible so then they have time to grow. And But basically what you're doing is you're just making stuff grow on chunks of post-apocalyptic landscape. Yeah. So and that sounds kind of crazy. I wasn't sure what to make of it at first, but I kind of got into it. So that's the gist. Carlos, what did you think of Cloud Garden?
1: Yeah, it's such an interesting concept because it's basically, if you think about it, it's kind of depressing in a way or positive. I don't know however you look at it, but you're basically saying the world's over (laughs) and now nature's going to take over. Yes. yes. that's, That's what you're doing. Each scene is like you're saying okay, there's a car here and there's some tires. Well, let's put fucking fungus all over it and <laughs> IV and let's take over this bullshit thing that man made. Yes. I'm getting
0: deep here reclaiming the the stuff that man has done
1: yeah yeah, that's what this game is that really is what this game is by the way it's a very cool pixel art style
0: oh i love the visuals yeah
1: and it's beautiful and it's very very responsive when you can like move things around and zoom in so you always feel like you have a handle on you know the whole map it's a little confusing on what does what remember that game we just played where you had to put like a farm down and it gave you like 15 points
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, islands. islands. Yeah. islands yeah. It's
1: similar to that because, like, certain things you put in the world, like just put a tire down somewhere, it's like if you put it in the corner, it gives you five points. But if you put it over here, it gives you 10. And if you did you notice that it changes?
0: Yeah. When you put an item down, there's like a little circle that appears around the item. And it's strange because these little areas are 3D areas. But when you put the item down and the circle appears, it's a flat 2D circle. But anything that you can see through the circle, even if it's further back in the, in the, environment will be affected by that item so it's kind of mind bending a little bit i get what you're saying like you just have to kind of move the thing around until it seems like you're going to get maximum seed growth there yeah
1: and you don't know how you do that really which is interesting but yeah and at some point you like there's a couple other things where you like get seeds from the environment but then you actually are building a seed on the side
0: yes 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 so
1: you get things to build more seeds anyways that's what happens that's the whole game Um, It's a puzzle game, in my opinion, and it's relaxing. You know, I had a good time with it, but I'll tell you where the real fun's at. Okay. After I beat, like, a few stages, it was like, oh, you unlock things for creative mode. Yes. So, basically, by winning boards, you unlock stuff. So, I went to creative mode, which I normally don't do in games. Okay. Weirdly enough. And I had a great time, and I will tweet a picture after this podcast of, uh, of a scene that I made, because... It's really relaxing and cool. I made a scene of like post-apocalyptic scene with all this ivy everywhere and an old, you know, street and a satellite dish and a skateboard just like placed somewhere, (laughs) you know. And I was like trying to show like this is what life was like, you know, before it all went to shit. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that mode. Like I didn't I'm not normally a person who signs up for creative mode, but like going back to the puzzle and unlocking stuff to put in those, you know, basically like a play area yeah um but then screenshotting it by the way there's no screenshot i don't think in the game
0: oh you know i think you're probably right i didn't notice that but now that you mentioned it i think you're I yeah think you're i was right.
1: like where's the button to fucking take this picture of this thing i just made oh there isn't one so i had to do old school windows g or whatever the fuck it's called where you you know snapshot you know right 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 anyways i like that a lot about it like i like that i go unlock stuff and then and do the create mode but an interesting weird little game
0: yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, because I'm usually never a guy who's up for creative. That's my son's jam, and I just, I need something that's more focused. I need a goal to work towards. I don't, like, just, you know, I get into, like, a creative mode, and I feel like I'm just wasting my time, because you're just screwing around and just, like, you know, enjoying the tools that they give you, but for me, that's just not something that appeals. If other people like that, great. I just know about me personally. I, I just don't enjoy that, so I didn't do it here, but I did try to, like, I guess, I mean, I, I'm assuming you can complete the game, but, like, what ended up happening was I did like a series of chunks of environment, like over and over and over. I completed the first chunk and then it was like move. I have like two other chunks that I could choose from, but I gotta be honest, dude, I played it like pretty hardcore for like a day. And I thought this is really cool and chill and relaxing. And I came back to it the second day and I had to choose this, whatever next chunk. It was like uh, the junkyard or the train station or something like that. And I started the train station and I'm like, okay, cool, but I feel like I'm doing just like literally the exact same thing again that I just did. And I liked it the first time, but I don't know that I want to keep doing it. Yeah. And I got to say, my interest really started to drop off like on the second day. I mean, it still looks cool. um, And maybe I'll come back to it for just like one chunk here and one chunk there. But I kind of was wishing it was like shorter and just like, I mean, and and just for me, right? Just because I'm a completionist. I, you know, it would have been really cool if I had played it for day roll credits and I would have had a really good experience off of that. Because I don't know what else will unlock in the future, if it's just more of the same, that would be a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, the experience is supposed to be chill, relaxing, and simple, which I totally get um, but it seems like there's a lot of content here and maybe more content than I wanted,
1: yeah, and it's interesting. I'm actually drawn to that creative mode because and I think what I'll get and what other people' listening might get out of it for longer um because I agree with you, I think just the puzzle part I might get tired of a bit um but is that creative mode because it didn't seem like there was a limit to what I could put down. Hmm. So I'm envisioning a very large city that I've built, you know, because there's no reason you couldn't build, you can zoom out as much as you want. And I could basically build like a really cool scene. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm going to go for because I just built one, like rooftop or something. And I loved how it looked. You'll see it on Twitter soon. Interesting. And I was like, I think if they're going to keep letting me have all those items and there's no, like, real estate, you know, it's just kind of an open void, then I could basically m- make a city or something. Hmm. So well, that's, that's what i pictures. might try.
0: Yeah, post some pictures. Check it out. I, you know, maybe I'll go back and check it out because I, you know, like I said, I generally avoid creative, but that does sound kind of neat. Uh, but overall, it's a really interesting thing. Like, I don't, it is definitely a game. It's definitely a puzzle game. I think that you're correct in calling it a puzzler. Uh, but it's definitely unlike anything else out there. I'm really glad that I played it. Uh, so I definitely think it's neat and worth a look. I, probably not something I'm going to roll credits on, but I'm, I'm glad it exists. And I think it's just really, really curious. Very
1: interesting. Yeah, very interesting.
0: All right. So that is Cloud Garden. I believe it's 1.0 release is hitting Xbox and PC pretty soon. I believe it's uh, September 1st, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Moving on. Cardaclysm, Shards of the Four. This is a turn based deck building quasi roguelike where you play a wizard who has a uh, bit enough more than he could chew he has summoned like the four horsemen of the apocalypse and basically wanted to get power for himself and he got more than he could handle so he has to beat feet and get out of there and he becomes like on the run because he's trying to avoid the four horsemen that he has unleashed uh, as he goes you go through these uh, i don't know 3d worlds picking up cards that uh, go in your deck. You do build a deck. You pick up items that you equip on your guy, like staff that gives you like plus one to fire attack, boots that give you plus one to earth attack, and stuff like that, so on and so forth. Uh, As you walk through these worlds, uh, you pick up these items, and there's monsters that are just out there in the world. You approach them to fight, and when you hit them, it goes to a separate screen where it's like a turn-based deck-building battle. Uh, It's a very clean very straightforward and streamlined approach to deck building which i think is good i think a lot of deck builders sometimes go a little bit too too confusing too complicated which can be a problem but this one i feel like is really easy to pick up it's easy to read summon monsters monsters fight uh and that's kind of about it it's pretty straightforward and uh, it does what it sets out to do. Carlos, do you know anything about this? Have you played this at all?
1: No, I'm looking at it. It looks uh, like a classic card battler game. Um, by the way, it's brought to you by publisher Head Up, and it says Whisper Games, uh, the developers Elder Games. But uh, uh, because Head Up does, I think the Bridge Constructor
0: games. Yeah, they they publish a number of things like that. Yeah. so I'm sure they're the publisher. Um, so it's it's pretty good in terms of simple, approachable, straightforward. So I think that if people are looking for a very, like if they've never played a deck builder ever, maybe this is a good one to start with because it's so simple and approachable. Um, I've played many deck builders and it's one of the things, one of the genres I like the most, I think, now that more and more of them are coming out. I think this one is a little bit too simple for me. I feel like um, I could have used a little bit more depth. Um, One of the things that I thought was really strange was you kind of have a limit to how much you can summon. And unless I'm mistaken, it seems like once you summon things on your first turn, there's there's not really any easy way to summon more things. So it's kind of like you are You see what the enemy has on the field and you need to summon something uh, from your deck and it's randomly dealt or whatever is in your hand uh, between that and how much resources you have to beat them on the first turn. Because if you have some monsters that get killed, you can't really summon anymore afterwards, which is a really strange oh, choice. Oh, that's weird. Really strange choice for a deck builder. Yeah. Um, I noticed that some creatures that i had were able to give me a little bit more resource in the middle of a battle but very little and so it's basically like you hopefully you're going to get a good hand in the first turn hopefully you have enough resources to summon everything you had in your hand and hopefully that uh, offering will be strong enough to win um it's a very strange choice i don't know that i've ever played a deck builder that limited you so strictly like that but it does keep things simple uh i mean it's it's fine i don't really like the graphics they seem kind of like world of warcraft light graphics and i don't think it looks very appealing to me in terms of that but i do appreciate the restrained approach and i think this is probably a really good one for people who are new to the genre
1: it looks like yeah beginners card game not to be um reductive or whatever but like it does seem like hey you like card games and battlers this is the one we'll we'll get you in to what this style is
0: yeah i gotta say i i didn't i didn't click with it too much because you know like i said i've played a ton of these and i I I would have liked a little bit more complexity to it or like a little bit more options. Um, And Mm. also uh, one thing I really didn't like was when you're in the overworld walking around with your character, you have to actually kill every monster on the map, which I thought also was a very strange choice because if you're going to force me to fight every single monster on the map, then why is there even a map? It could just be a series of like menu based battles or something, because Mm. what is the point of walking around just to find items that are scattered around? You can just give those to me or it could be a random drop. It's, weird because i i wanted to skip a couple of battles there's like spiders over there and i'm like ah fuck those spiders i don't want to fight those guys and i went to the exit portal was like nope you got to kill every monster before you can leave so yeah it's really strange there are these strange limits can't can't skip monsters can't summon things in the middle of battle um it's it's strange it's a very strange kind of maybe slightly too restrained feeling to it uh but again good place for beginners to start it didn't click with me um not something i'm going to come back to but I appreciate what they were doing. So that is cartaclism shards of the four. Yeah. I don't
1: know if we've ever reviewed another game. I can't think of one RPG ish or RPG like that, where you can't skip a monster or, you know what I mean? Like,
0: like I guess random
1: battles don't count, but like, if you can see the thing, you should be able to get away from
0: it. Usually, usually you can. So anyway, okay, moving on, uh, coming back to the PC, And speaking of porn games, this is one that I played this week. I know this is not our dedicated adults-only spicy show. Uh, I forget how I even came across this one. I think somebody on Twitter mentioned it or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that looks interesting. I haven't played uh, an adults-only game in a while. It's called Robo Life Days with Aino, A-I-N-O. This is a supremely fascinating game for a couple of reasons. Uh, So here's the gist. It is a narrative game, kind of like a visual novel. But the gist is that you are an Android developer. This is like in some random future where there's Androids. They exist in the world. You're an Android developer and you find a busted up Android in like a junk pile. Uh, You take that Android back to your house and you fix her up and she wakes up and she becomes like your, I don't know, like your friend slash servant slash Android, you know, sex partner. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's where it comes into sex partner. Um, But like, so you, you have a lot of story options and along with the story, you have to train your Android. So like she starts out with like really low stats and you can create different parts for her. So let's say for example, you need her to uh, bake muffins. That's one of the objectives in the early game. You, you meet this person, they have some information, but they, you, they're you they like, I'm not gonna tell you unless you bring me like the most delicious muffin in the world. Okay, cool, I gotta train my Android to make muffins. And so you create other arms. Like you create like the, like the housekeeping arms And the arms... Like, every part that you can create for your Android has skills. So, like, the housekeeping arms have, like, patisserie skills. So, they can make really good muffins. Or, like, you get the... You can, like, swap out the chest. And if you're doing construction, it'll be like, oh, the heavy-duty chest. It has more strength. And so, you can pound concrete blocks and do different jobs. There's, like, I mean, eight or ten different jobs that you can design her for. And you send her out to these jobs. And she'll, like, kind of, like, auto-do them. And it just tells you success or fail. And if it's success, you earn money and earn some stats if it's a fail you get like minimal money minimal stats and got to try again so it's basically about like training this android to be able to number one complete a bunch of jobs but all these jobs lead into like little storylines so if you do the programming job that kind of leads into like trying to unlock her memory banks and if you do like the the cafe job you're trying to um convince the cafe owner who is like prejudiced against androids to be nicer and to accept them as like you know maybe not people exactly, but to stop being such an asshole to androids, basically. So there's all these different storylines that you can choose to participate in, which I think is really cool. Great structure for a visual novel kind of game. It starts out a little bit too wordy, but then it kind of gets into pretty good rhythm. And I find that like when I'm playing visual novels, uh, whether they're adults only or not, I want a good balance between simply reading and like making a choice. Like I got to have a good like, choice, read, choice, read. That to me is a good rhythm. And I notice that some of them really just like are giving you a book but it's on like a game console and i don't want that like if i have i have infinite books dude i can read books all the time i want something that really leverages the medium and i feel like this one does it really well once you get sorry. past the what, what
1: can i put yeah you said yeah. Rhythm, you said rhythm twice that's all i just I say I felt, rhythm twice i just felt like no no i felt like Beavis. i, mean, I was like it's a sex game you know it's like he said rhythm
0: oh i mean yeah i mean rhythm. that sure that's yeah. part of it sorry sorry i had to
1: pull out the you know Young that's person in me.
0: Did you feel feel better? I feel okay. better. Okay, go ahead. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, so I think that's a really great structure. I like. I think the writing is actually pretty good. Uh, I think the concept is cool, like having an android and trainer. The training sections I think are pretty cool. The ability to change parts is pretty cool. Uh, the the multiple storylines going at once is very cool. I really like that because it's going to give you a lot of replay. There's not enough time to do them all, so you you're going to have to probably pick maybe two or three out of like maybe eight or ten different storylines and then come back. Uh, once you beat the game and then, you know if you want to play some more you can i think that's great um the art style i think is great very well done art like the art is really attractive good colors sharp lines good production everything about it feels like very polished and nice so that is all very good um, I have not finished it but I actually really like it a lot I think it's really cool it's a great idea and a great premise and great everything about it is like pretty great right so there's only so here's the strange thing here's the strange thing so two things this is an adults-only game, like I said. Uh, one thing that I dislike about it a lot is that in this particular game, the developer seems to have some kind of an obsession with like non-consensual sex, which I am like allergic to. I do not like that as a concept. I have no time for it. I don't. I just. It's not for me. And I realize that there's like a whole discussion about whether. That kind of stuff is appropriate as, as a subject and stuff. I we're not going to get into that here and now. I'm just simply saying that for me, I do not appreciate that in my in my games. Um, so, like, let's say for example, he finds her broken body like in the in the junk pile, right? And he brings her to life by fucking her. And it's to me, felt like really like non contentual and gross, and I didn't care for that.
1: And also, there's other... just. <laughs> yeah there's gross. just so many things about that and by the way know, yeah, right? this whole review i don't know i normally we review adults only games and i'm back to normal but for some reason this one i'm like yeah he'd say he's talking about sex um uh, but seriously like I how do you skip that line he fucked her to bring her back to life
0: yeah like, or should, to reactivate her i guess basically since she was uh... powered down and there's there's a few more things like that as it comes up in the game like it seems like the developer just had that's like that's his kink right like he just likes that non-consensual or semi-non-consensual angle to it to me i find that super skeevy and i really dislike it a lot and it kind of turns me off yeah uh, not into that part of it so there's that part um not a fan
1: by the way but the again there's just so many things i want to interrupt i'm gonna make this review go too long but yeah, no go ahead, go ahead if it's a robot can not you just like program it to it's already like a shady area or sh- you know because like if you program a robot to like love you right it's already weird you know what i mean but also if you do that should it in quotes never be non-consensual because you programmed it i'm very confused about this well that's
0: one of the hooks of the game like she has her own personality right he's not able to just like rewrite her from scratch so she's like at first she wants to kill him and then they're kind of you know learning to like each other in a more friendly way like a more cooperative buddy sort of way so he can't just like tell her to love him like he's he's kind of like Dealing with the personality that's already built in within her. So it's not just like he rewrites her. Mm. Um, But yeah, there's like the power dynamic of her being like the servant and him kind of saying, oh, well, we need to have sex because this is training for you. And I'm doing research. Wink, wink, Of course, It just just kind of feels kind of gross to me. And I realize this is an adult's only game. But like, I think there are many, many different flavors to an adult's only game. And this is one that I don't care for. But here's the really crazy thing, right? Here's the crazy thing. I feel like that this game is so good in terms of how the graphics are how interesting it is to do these different storylines, how interesting it is to train her as a character. And I think the writing is so good when they are not fucking that if you took all of the sex out of this game, I think this would be a very successful game. Like just in general. I think it's really a good game. Because
1: well, you basically talked about all the good parts of the game first. Yeah, and I think it's great. And I was trying to like I think bring it's... in the sex stuff and you're like, exactly. no, no, hold on. There's some good stuff in here.
0: It's, it's strange because uh, I actually don't like the sex in this game and I wish it kind of wasn't here. But I like the character of the robot. I know I think she's a great character. There's lots of funny stuff that happens. It's a cool structure. It's a great uh, visual novel that has a lot of things for you to do. So it's not too much reading. And there's a good amount of choice. And I feel like I have a lot of agency what happens. Like, it's great. And I think that if this was on the Switch with all the sex taken out of it, like, it would totally sell, dude. Like, mm. if this was on PS4, totally sell. I feel like this is a winning combination. But in this is like the rare case where I'm like the sex ruins it; it makes it kind of gross. Yeah. So take the sex out, and I think it's a it's a great game.
1: And you can tell again like how you are so passionate about the actual game uh, as this whole review, uh, without my Beavis head comment. Uh, Beavis head, <laughs> Beavis. I just com- combined Beavis and Butthead beavis head comment
0: <laughs> well it is just you so yeah it is combined.
1: just me oh my guess that's totally right
0: wow i'm pretty smart you did that in- instinctively good job. i know
1: so without my beavis head comment you were being like hey here's the things that work with this game and i was looking at the graphics going like he's right it looks cool and the menus are cool and then i s- saw the screenshot of him just like bending her over and fucking and yeah it did almost like just like the screenshot alone felt out of place because the other <laughs> stuff was like high tech and interesting and she had like a saw arm or something
0: exactly Change and then of it's arms like and, yes, yes yes very
1: boring like you know sex type stuff looking anyways
0: yeah it's strange because i got into this because it was you know an adults only game and i figured let's check this out but man i'm just like this is this is a really good game that's being ruined by the sex. I wish they wish they would take it out because I think it's really strong. So that was a strange, unexpected outcome. Uh, but I gotta say, I just I really like the game part. I wish the sex was gone. I'll finish it, and I think it's just really good. I, I hope this developer uh, just realizes the good things that they got going for them, and maybe maybe have a different version or or just keep going and explore those concepts in a slightly different way because the non. The non-con stuff really just kind of skews me out. Other than that, good stuff. This is RoboLife Days with I Know. know. So I'm PC playing it on Steam, yeah.
1: Steam, uh, two two quick tangents, or one tangent. I guess they're both tangents. One, I do want to find more adults-only games that work, and I guess it's hard to do. Uh, Maybe it isn't, but where you have, like you said, this really interesting hook, I want an action RPG that has adults-only content, and that is hard to find. Yes, they're out there, but they're just like, walk four steps you know kill things and you're having sex so but like a a game imagine a game like witcher basically is all i'm saying but they're just an adult's only option right so those sex scenes are a little more graphic or and where it makes sense you know like where you actually formed a bomb with somebody or like there's something that's really interesting and it doesn't have to be just like you know it could be zany too but i just feel like it's hard for them to do it right. Uh, where it could feel like a whole game and it and the sex part feels like part of it.
0: Yeah, agreed. You know agreed. what I mean? And I think yeah. that's
1: what I've been, like, searching for for a while. The other tangent, real quick, is while you were talking, I tried to search for that game on Bing, because I just had Bing search open, mm-hmm. and it would not find it.
0: Really? It, like, did it auto-filter? It auto-filtered it. Only?
1: And I didn't I don't have any filters on, I don't think, but Bing just did one, and it would only find, like, weird, like, you know weird urls i probably shouldn't go to that weird. had the, that had, talked about you and then i went to google and it found it on steam
0: not cool not cool bing, bing? censoring these results yeah we're grown-ups we're consenting i want to find yeah yeah not don't cool tell me don't what do, to that. do okay fuck bing fuck bing all right anyway robo life days with i know it's really interesting i think people who like visual novels should absolutely check it out but just heads up that honestly i think the sex is, is kind of gross and i kind of don't like it but the rest of it is pretty darn good so Interesting. anyway all right carlos back to you king's bounty 2 i know you were really really excited for this one uh developer sent your code to talk about it here on the show i don't really know anything about this other than it's something that you're excited for and a lot of old school um rpg type dudes are also very excited about this this is something i have no experience with so tell us uh from scratch what is what is king's bounty 2 oh my goodness
1: so first off, thanks for getting the code early. I was going to pick this up. Uh, very excited about this game for a while. I've talked about it on the show. King's Bounty 1 is basically like a Heroes of Might and Magic type game. So I think strategy, uh, not really RPG, more just like a strategy game okay. where you have troops okay. and stuff. What The game that you just played recently, what was the one?
0: Uh, Fort Triumph.
1: Yeah. yeah. So think Fort Triumph, think Heroes of Might and Magic, those types of games. I love the original. Uh, another game like it was called Disciples. I like all those types of games. And so I have been waiting for a nice strategy game with some, you know, RPG-type elements, and that's what this is going to be. But if you've seen the trailers and you know uh, what I've talked about and brought it up here, is it adds an actual RPG, third-person RPG, to the mix. So you actually start as one of three characters, and you know how they do with RPG, like whichever one you choose, that's your backstory and that's your character. Sure, sure. Well, one of the characters is that character who's, you know, an old warrior that get, finds himself in prison, but he's voiced by the guy who did Geralt from The Witcher.
0: Oh, wait, is it Doug Cockle? Is that his name? I guess so. Yeah, okay. I, I never remember.
1: But he, just before I get into the actual game, in the voice acting part of it, he he chooses kind of a different version of his voice, you know, so you can not, not think it's just Geralt. Right, but then every once in a while he just falls right back to Geralt. <laughs> it's so funny because he does like a different initiation. Nope, that's not the word. Enunciation. enunciation, and then you're like, oh, that's kind of the same vector but he's making his voice different. And then he'll just be like, Ro- "What's what's the uh, horse's name?" Roach. Roach. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you will just hear that voice come back out. Yeah. Um. So you, basically, the game is a third person RPG, not action RPGs. Third person rpg and the fact that you're going around towns you have a mount you're talking to people you're doing side quests you're finding random shit and picking it up and selling it and buying stuff so that rpg stuff but anytime you get into a battle it turns into the old school king's bounty tactical battle right and that battle is very very far away from the screen so right like uh, the game you just mentioned
0: Kind of like an isometric sort of isometric, you know,
1: top down view. You can zoom in if you want, but basically, you stay out pretty far out. You send your troops out, you know, you have four archers, but they could be a lot of, you know, different archers. And then you have your troops, you put them on the board, they have their troops, and then you do all your battling. And then your hero, the guy who you're walking around all the time or girl, is the one who has magic abilities, which is also in all these other games where you can do spells. Uh, and you do those spells to help out your troops or hurt the enemy. So that's the setup. Got it? Got it. The problems lie in the fact that this has been designed for a while. They've been working on us for a while. Okay. And I think it basically was designed for PS4 if, you know, older, older consoles. And I'm not sure if it looks different on, on PC. I should check.
0: Are you talking about the quality of the graphics? The quality of the
1: graphics itself comes through that it just feels like an older game. Uh, Um, And it's a little disappointing because, you know, it's a new game in this franchise and I've been waiting for a while. So in my mind, I just think like, oh, it's going to be using the newest graphics. But again, like I said, I understand developers and they're working on this for a while. So I'm sure that they were like working in tandem on the console ports and it was maybe just a little more difficult. But the models aren't awesome. Okay. Okay. So it looks kind of basic. It looks like... Well, remember Skyrim when we were talking about Skyrim?
0: Oh, man, okay. (laughs) It looks kind of
1: rough at times. Uh, The other part, excuse me while I burp, is this part, I never thought it would bother me, but now that I've went 60 frames per second, I can't go back. And this is obviously not, it's like 24 at times or something. It just seems like super non-fast frame rate. And it's like freaking out my eyes, man. Really? Yeah, it's like I. It's like when you watch HGTV, you can't go back to SD, <laughs> right? It's. It feels like that to me. Like I don't know if I can go back to thirty frames or less. It feels Interesting. weird.
0: Interesting. Okay. okay. I mean,
1: you know me. I've been playing all these brand new actiony games. Sure. Even Greedfall just got that sixty frames. Remember? Mm-hmm. And when I looked at sixty frames versus the beautiful mode, which was at thirty, I almost vomited. I like, like, I, I, like spit up in my hand. That's a like, pretty
0: extreme reaction.
1: Oh man, I was like, how can I go back? So that those are, and the other problem, these are big problems in the top. You can't run. Your character can't run
0: when you're in the RPG aspect, yeah, like in, in towns. As- and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you go a lot of places, and you're looking for a lot of things. You're talking to tons of people, and there's this one mission where I had to go all around town, and I was like, it was a fucking slog, you know.
0: Just, so, just the walking was a slog. Just the
1: walking. That can be a patch. So if they're listening for some reason, I love you, and I love your developer. I love everything about you, and I love this game still. But please add a run button. It's, it's easy to do. Uh, so that being said, the combat itself is just what I thought it would be. It's King's Bounty combat. I love it. Um, again, in the graphics department, it's not awesome because even if you're, like, zoomed out pretty far, um, you know, especially if you're zoomed out pretty far, it's hard to kind of see the action that's going on. It just doesn't seem like the fidelity is there, uh, which is important in the game where like a three golems are smashing archers. You kind of want to see that, you know, You got to
0: know what's going on. I mean, that's a basic.
1: Yeah. And when they, when they clash every time, I always feel like I'm a little confused on what, what animations are they're running. So the biggest knock I can say is the graphics and the animations, it just feels dated. Um, and I do like the third person mixed with the strategy, though. Like, that's, I think, almost never been done before. So I love that. Like, it's such a hard pill to swallow for me because I'm like, on one hand, you know, it's not the graphics aren't up to par. It's a little frustrating with the movement. But it's also super addictive because how the game plays out as you go around the world, do side missions. Again, all the side missions end up in battle, probably. And if you're doing those battles... It's based on your troops and having, like you were saying, like you like to strategize, right? Yeah, exactly. This is all about strategizing because you can never just walk up to a person if you don't have, let's like say you just lost a battle or you just lost a bunch of enemy, you know, he, hero units. You, you have to go like refill, you know, to find people who have archers and buy them. And that's the old school Heroes of Might and Magic kind of gameplay where you have to go to different places and basically recruit new people. But what's interesting is you can recruit, you know, air, air elementals or when you meet like wizards, you can recruit the wizards and stuff. But then you can also recruit uh, different types of hounds and archers. So it's literally figuring out which combinations the best mixed, not just with your playstyle, but also who you're encountering. Um, and an interesting kind of an idea of how this game plays, besides the main campaign, is if you say you do a side mission, like this one guy was stole a bunch of chickens and I had to like go fuck with him fuck with, fuck him up or whatever mm-hmm. like I can I couldn't just like hit him with my sword I had to like challenge him and as soon as I did he had a bunch of dudes with him you so know so <laughs> yeah
0: you're you're going to confront a chicken thief and yeah. the way that you solve that that dilemma was by you both bringing your entire armies a battlefield yeah
1: <laughs> on that same field and it showed like the map shows like kind of that street you know and I was like yeah. wow they just popped out of nowhere like west side story <laughs> interesting <laughs> we're gonna do a dance but weirdly enough again it doesn't have to fit fully the combat is still fun as shit like uh, it's just what i thought it would be and even though all these shortcomings i really really like the combat um a couple of things i'll say is yeah i think what's really interesting is also because they have the third person rpg element when you buy things from stores like swords and armor it's not upgrading your character it's upgrading your troops
0: Okay, okay. Which
1: is so weird of a game like because they, they mix these two genres together. So you buy a nice-ass sword, and it makes all your troops have, like, extra whatever, warfare. If you buy armor, it gives them armor. You know, if you buy something for your, a helmet, that gives them health.
0: Do they all take turns wearing it? Is that how that works? Like yeah, that's exactly how it works. Sword, then he yeah, a sword, and he passes it down the line to the next Hey, guy. Jerry,
1: it's your turn. I had this. I wanted the helmet. I got next. Yeah. I, I, wait, I got next, and that guy gets hit in the face with an arrow. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's how it plays out in the game, too. Huh. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, there's a ton of side quests. So it really does feel like, you know, the action is that strategy, but it feels like a Witcher game when there's like, you go into a town, there's like 8 million little side quests you could do. Hmm. Uh, and also, if people are playing at pro tip, just go everywhere and find any sort of box you can open because basically you need money in this game more than anything because you're continuously buying troops. Right, because if you lose them in a battle, or and you win, you still have to buy new ones.
0: If you if you lose a troop in the middle of the battle, are they gone forever? Gone or forever. Do they revive at the end of the battle? They're
1: gone forever unless they're low health. And then at the end of each screen, you can you can pay money again to give them their health back. Okay. W- which I believe was in the first game as well. So all that stuff came second nature to me. I was like, it was like riding a bike again. You know, I was like, oh, I I know how to do this. So, um, but yeah, you need money. So basically explore the land and everywhere. There's like just random chests with like stuff in them. So that's the game in a nutshell. There's a campaign like uh, my buddy click for gameplay. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, out go check him out. He covers every RPG ever. Um, and I'm actually one of his patrons, (laughs) Patreon, you know, uh, subscribers. He was talking about this game just now. And I agree with everything he said, but also he was talking about how like, you know, it it should be um, just really interesting that they mix these two things together, but at times it just feels weird, you know? Like, I don't know. I think it's it's mainly because of those graphics and the run button, that's one of the things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think we both really enjoy it and the old school, like, strategy elements to it, but it also is it's just tricky to get into it fully because I, I just feel like I'm getting pushed down every once in a while by the graphics or the or the controls you know
0: yeah interesting well i mean i i would be curious as to what the the story of the development was because i believe that dan weisenberger uh previewed this game for us at game critics and if i am remembering correctly he said the first king's bounty came out like 20 or 30 years ago like it was it's a like long time hell a yeah. long time ago so uh, maybe this was some kind of labor of love maybe this was a kickstarter i'm not sure exactly but Seems like it's been in the works for a while. Maybe a lot of people who have King's Bounty number one near and dear to their hearts have wanted to bring this to life. So that might explain, like, you know, the presentation and whatnot. But right. I mean, it sounds like there's, I mean, it sounds pretty interesting. I do like when elements kind of get mashed up and when two people try to, you know, switch it up a little bit. And since I don't really have any nostalgia for the original King's Bounty, I would be coming to it fresh. So I would be interested to check this one out. I think I'm definitely going to try to track it down.
1: And I'm glad you brought up story because I just remember my last point. I was forgetting it earlier and I, I, I quietly covered it up. By the way, remember we were talking about, like, a peek behind the curtain? Yes. Just, just now I mentioned click for gameplay because I was going to bring up this point, and I didn't remember it just a minute ago. <laughs> so if, if you, you heard me floundering, is that a word? It is. I always ask myself if I use the right word, and I use the right word.
0: You got it. You nailed it.
1: It's because I was trying to remember this point, which is, we were both talking about the story. It's very convoluted, like the actual campaign like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, like, there's a bad thing coming, but also you're you're coming back from the jail cell because these people want you to c- go help them, but you really don't have to help them. You have to prove yourself, but prove yourself first, and then we'll talk about the people that are coming to kill us. Like, it's confusing. Mm, so okay. I don't think they had, like, the best story runner in this, you know, campaign. Right. And then the other thing he mentioned, and I will mention as well, very interesting. There's so many really cool elements You have a a skill tree like every game RPG, and you know so in but they're all broken up by four uh, distinct areas: so power, finesse, anarchy, and order. So now in power, it's all the things I like in RPG, power fantasy guy. So it's like add more strength, add more defense, blah blah blah. And in finesse, there's different like you know stealthy things or diplomacy, uh, and then anarchy is different skills, etc. But as you pick skills. It changes your dialogue options. So I was like power hungry guy picking up all the power skills, right? I, I got to an area where I could either talk to somebody and figure it out or just kill motherfuckers. It grayed out the area for me to talk to them.
0: Oh, interesting. So it closes off, you know, closes yeah. Off options based on what you That's got. I've
1: okay. never seen that in a game either. I'm like, I kind of didn't like it that I didn't have the option, but I was like, oh, I get it. I have to like, I made my bed, you know?
0: Right, I mean, other other games do that. For example, really? like if you are like in, like in Wasteland Three, right, where if you do not have, I think they have like like um suave and like intimidation or something, and if and if you and also charisma, I believe. So like if you have a low charisma, some of those options are not there. But if you are like a suave talker, you can tell you can swing people one way. Right. But If you don't have those points, it just is grayed out, and so you can't see it, but you that, can't do it.
1: Yeah, know? but that's more one for one. See what I'm saying? In this game, it's not telling you. It's not telling you what you're gonna lose or gain. Right,
0: right. It just kind of just auto does it. It
1: auto does it and and it bases it on the word power, finesse, anarchy, and order. So it bases it on a word. So like it's kind of a disservice. I picked like I want more armor. It didn't mean that I wanted to be like burly and like not listen to people. See what I'm saying? I picked armor. You know? Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Like if you're 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 talking about a physical attribute, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're just like a hard-headed... That's
1: defense. what it was. Yeah. And then I picked like defense, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm getting better at my defense." And I walked up to the guy, and he's like, "I'm not talking to you. You're you're scary." So uh,
0: interesting. Okay. It's
1: all of these. Th- I, my review is kind of like interesting, uh, but holy shit, I'm still playing it because yeah, like you said, twenty years ago, I was like wanting King's Bounty two, so. I'm going to finish this fucking game so that okay. there's no ifs, ands, or buts.
0: All right. Fair enough. We will check back in. And I, I may give this a whirl myself. We'll have to see. It's, it's, I am. I have been wanting a strategy game, and nothing I've tried lately has scratched the itch. So maybe this will be it, but we'll see. So, okay. King's Bounty 2. Uh, I believe it's available on basically every platform. Where are you playing it right now?
1: I am playing it on PlayStation. Yes, PS4.
0: Okay, cool. All right, moving on. Two more games, and then we're going to bounce. Uh, first up, Aliens Fireteam Elite. This is the new shooter, team-based shooter. Oh, yeah. You have a team of three. Yeah. Set in the Aliens universe, which I'm sure most people listening to this podcast are probably at least somewhat familiar with. Uh, it's a squad-based shooter. Squad of three you go into uh, these areas that are inspired by the various Aliens films. You, of course, shoot a whole bunch of aliens while you... Uh, check off objectives there is a storyline about uh, i mean you know it's the same storyline hey we're scientists and we're fucking around the aliens and oopsie we we unleashed the aliens and now we're in the shit i mean i have not finished the game so maybe there's more to it than that but it starts out as pretty typical alien storyline um and graphics are okay it is a third person shooter behind the back so it's not first person which i appreciate i like to see my own character when i'm doing a shooter i know some people like first person i'm not that guy i like third person better uh, so they all look like pretty generic, uh, you know, space, space Marines or whatever, colonial Marines, excuse me. Uh, you know, they all all in kind of the gear that you would expect to see from the movies, the helmets and the guns, the guns have that very unique alien rifle, pulse rifle sound to them. Yeah. Kind of a high pitch sound to it. Uh, that's fine. Um, you can choose between four classes from the beginning. It's like a medic A engineer, a heavy gunner, and like a regular gunner. Um, And uh, you can either play by yourself. If you play by yourself, you get two synthetic humans to go with you. If anybody remembers from the movie, there were a number of synthetic humans. Those people will be your your buddies. uh, Or you can have up to two other live friends and connect online and go through these missions. Excuse me. Um, I went through the entire first chunk of levels uh where you go into like this i don't know this research facility kind of gray hallways and you know i don't know it just looks like generic sci-fi environment and i gotta say so far not loving it not really loving it um the guns handle something's weird about it i feel like i i am not comfortable when i'm shooting uh i feel like when i'm when i'm holding the trigger to look down the sights i feel like it's I'm not seeing enough, and it's hard because the aliens are very mobile, and it's really tough to get a beat on them. But when I am zoomed out, it's really hard to aim specifically, and so I'm kind of doing like a spray and pray kind of a thing. Jeez, not a great feeling. And I've been trying to adjust the settings, like you know the camera speed and the you know the movement of the camera, and I just I just can't get it to a place where I feel like it's natural. So that's a little bit of a problem because all you're doing in this game is shooting, so that's kind of a problem. Um, beyond that, it just feels i mean honestly kind of boring um it reminds me a lot of world war z did you ever play world war z yeah the the game Mm -hmm. i i actually thought world war z was pretty good better than i thought it was going to be but it follows the same structure where you have like a a basic world and then each world is broken up into like three missions or so and then as you go into each mission it advances the story and then by the time you get to the third mission that wraps up the whole world so that's that's an okay thing as you're in these missions there are these little micro objectives so like you start the mission and it's like okay uh get to the data center and there's like a little you know dot on your map or something you got to get there uh of course a bunch of aliens attack you and in this game there's like so many aliens like way like like way too many dude like way too many um it's a problem because i don't know exactly how they would have solved that Uh, because if it's just one alien like for example alien isolation he's like this unstoppable force and it's something that you have to hide from that's a pretty cool mechanic but that wouldn't work here right If you're with a team of three, you're going to be expecting to do a lot of shooting, as in Aliens 2, the second movie. Um, But there's, like, it's too much. Like, every five seconds, it feels like you're shooting a crowd of, like, a hundred of them. Jeez. And it's just, like, constant. Like, you never get a breath. And it feels like there's not really anything else going on. Like, you get to your objective. Here's the data center. Okay, push a button. Okay, now we get to get to this next ping on our map. What's there? I don't know. Just push a button. Like, it's you're not doing anything interesting other than shooting aliens and there's like way too much shooting and the shooting doesn't really feel that great yeah. um so it's kind of a problem it's kind of a problem um you run out of ammo a lot and i i gotta say i don't really like the classes very much the the person who uses the heavy gunner is i think my favorite one because you can unlock a flamethrower and you can unlock the the, the really famous like heavy gun that you see in aliens too like the uh auto targeting minigun That the characters have in that movie which is cool and it helps because it auto targets and it really helps crowd control because i find it very hard to shoot the aliens in this because they're small the guns don't feel good and they just run all over the place um so i like that class but you know you need to have like a healer and you need to have like the the technician guy has like the auto turrets that can help you when you're in like a crowd control situation um but it just it just doesn't feel good i want to like mix and match weapons a little bit more and it feels like i'm kind of limited by class and i don't feel like the classes are really great Uh, also a lot of the stuff is locked and there's no, thankfully there's no microtransactions, but you have to grind. Like I got to the end of the first world and I could, I could buy a helmet, which does nothing for you. It's just like, uh, you know, cosmetic. And I think I bought like one gun or something and like one gun unlocked, but there's like all these other guns that I'm like, well, i want to try these other ones. Like which one's a better fit for me? I want to change the way my, my, my person feels, you know, like I played the doctor a lot because I like to be able to heal my, my, my teammates. But the doctor has, like, the standard rifle and a pistol. But I'm like, I hate the pistol. The pistol fucking sucks. I want to change it to something else. Can I get a shotgun? Nope. Can I get, like, some kind of, like, SMG or something? Nope. Gotta have a pistol. Well, like, pistols fucking suck. And I don't, you know, I guess the point is to not have one super class where you can heal people and wield the heaviest weapons. I get it. But at the same time, like, it feels kind of narratively false that I'm on this squad of Marines and I can't right. pick which gun I want to use. Yeah, they
1: can't just, like, hand one you, hand another one to you. Like, hey, take this extra assault rifle, you know? Yeah,
0: like, you're not picking up any weapons in the field. So whatever you show up with is what you get. So it's not like you're picking up things. And I got to say, just the, the combat is just really boring. Like, you you walk for a few feet. A hundred aliens swarm at you, like, on the ceilings, and the floor, down the hallway. You're shooting them, shooting them, shooting them. And then, you know, you go, like, another 30 seconds. Another swarm of 100 comes. And it's just, like... It's, it's kind of dull, dude. Like, it just feels like you're just doing swarm shooting without really um, doing much else. Yeah. Now, I, this contrasts with World War Z, right? Because I, this is basically the exact same game as World War Z. One has zombies, one has aliens. But I think the difference with World War Z is that they had the set pieces kind of set up better. And along the way, like, you could just, like, run past zombies. Like, you could kind of do a little bit more um, teamwork. And it felt like you were not just doing crowd control the entire time. Like, sometimes just trying to get someplace in a hurry. Sometimes you're like a little little bottleneck. So you got to clear this up and then you keep running. And you're kind of like, sometimes you you have to split up a little bit and do some things. Um, and Maybe those things are in this game, but I haven't seen any of those so far. And by the end of the first world, I'm like, I was playing with my wife and I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of bored of this. What do you think? She's like, yeah, this is like super boring. So neither one of us was really into it. And we're both like big fans of the franchise. And we're both like, you know, we play team games like this all the time. It's kind of our gym. Uh, and neither one of us was really feeling it. So I feel like. I they just kind of missed the boat somewhere like there there could have been something different about this formula the way that you fight the aliens maybe less aliens but they're harder or maybe like give us something else to do while we're shooting the aliens it just feels like running through hallways shooting crowds of aliens and it just it got really old
1: it's funny because you bring up World War Z and now I'm remembering that I did have some fun with that game. Because It's not the, a bad game. No, because of the uh, set pieces, like you said, right? Like one was like a train or like, I mean, not train, but like a subway thing. And yeah, a, it was yeah, a mall yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this feels like I'm in the world and I've got to worry about stuff. Yes, there were kind of, in quotes, swarms at times. Oh, sure. It was more strategic. I remember this one scene in a mall. And I was like on the second floor. You exactly, know, they, yes, they came in all saying. through the, like the main windows or doors. And I was like planning it with like explosives or something. I don't know. It felt fun. Like... This is a review for World War Z. Go know, back and play it. So, but when you talked about this game, though, I remember like looking at it in like, uh, I don't know, pre release images or something. And I was like, oh, that looks boring.
0: <laughs> so, you just kind of
1: told me what I thought about when I saw Confirmed. the pictures of
0: it. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a real shame because I think we just haven't really gotten that perfect Aliens game yet. And that franchise seems like it's so ripe. But man, something about it is just poison really difficult for developers to capture the magic of that 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 ip so i do not think it's this game i don't think i'm probably going to finish it i'm already getting kind of bored of it and i know my wife is for sure bored of it so uh yeah i just feel like it's just it's too safe it's too boring it's just it's just just doesn't feel good doesn't feel interesting so aliens fire team elite And, and and for people who are interested in the idea of going up in a squad and doing something World War Z is actually coming out with a brand new version with a couple new levels and some new content and some new next-gen features. If you've never played World War Z, I think that's actually a very underrated game. I think it's really good. It's a great weekender. It's not something that you want to come back and grind, but you can blast through it over a couple days with a friend, and I think it's a really fun campaign. So I recommend World War Z.
1: So this is a review for that game, actually. It's like yeah. a yeah re-review. Go check not out World War
0: game. Z. Alright, last game of the show. Phew. We're closing strong, Carlos, because Are we? full disclosure. Spoiling it right off the bat. I love this next game. It is Ooh. so good. I am totally in love with Black Book. I've been oh, talking about it. That's right. We you and I I don't know if did we both play the demo when it was on the Xbox Summer Game Demo Fest? No, I missed ago? it.
1: I missed it on the demo fest. I saw it. I wanted to play it. I have thoughts about it. I've definitely watched. It's like a little bit of its uh, progress, and was it early access or something? I don't know. I, it was I,
0: kickstarted for a while. I had a pretty kick-started. pretty kickstarted that was going around. A lot yeah. of a lot of support from fans.
1: But I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Obviously, you like it, uh, but yeah, tell us about it.
0: Man, so Black Book. When we played the demo, uh, so full disclosure, I did kickstart this back in the day, um, and I don't know if I'm using that code. I did get in touch with the developers later on. They sent me an extra code, so I think uh, I think I might be playing the. The developer code they sent me. But regardless, I did kickstart it. So full disclosure there. Uh, we did play the demo on the Xbox Summer Demo Fest. And man, when I played the demo, I started was like, oh, hmm, maybe this isn't great. Like it, I wasn't really won over. Like I could see some potential, but it seemed really rough. I was really confused by some elements. I just felt like it didn't come together very well. And I kind of cooled off on it. So I was like, eh, whatever. It came to Game Pass. So Black Book is on Game Pass right now. It's also on all of the Switch. It's on the PlayStation. It's on PC. And I'm like, okay, well, I should probably give it a shot. I mean, I did kickstart this, and I was interested in general, so demo not great, but I'll just try the full version here on Game Pass. And I got to say, they changed a lot between the demo and the final version, uh, stuff that really made a big difference to me. And actually getting the chance to play the full version just won me over Im- immediately. So that I guess that's one knock against demos, is if it's not the greatest demo, it can kind of cool you off on the whole thing. And the whole thing might be a lot better. You know. You never know. So I will say the full version was much better than the demo showed. The basic premise is that... Okay, so let me back up a little bit. This is about Slavic myths, folktales, legends. It's something that we don't get a lot of here in the West. And if people don't know exactly what I'm talking about, think of like The Witcher 3. So like The Witcher 3, that world where they had all these kind of monsters that we don't really see, like the drowners. Yeah. And the weird monsters in the woods and like... All the little myths and legends that that Geralt was dealing with. You know, it was a big part of Witcher 3 where he had to, like, learn the monster's strengths and weaknesses. A lot of stuff in the in-game encyclopedia. Stuff to learn about. Like, all that stuff was... A lot of it was taken from Slavic myths and legends. And because the Witcher 3 is from Poland, right? Uh, I believe Black Book is from Russia, I'm pretty sure. So, kind of that same-ish neck of the woods. I don't want to stereotype or anything because I don't know a lot about it. But a lot of the same monster types, a lot of the same things are in this game. Um... And you start off as a girl. Her fiancé, I guess, dies under mysterious circumstances. And so she wants to bring him back to life. She's got 40 days to bring him back to life. And, and if she doesn't, uh, he's lost like to hell forever. Mm, damn. So, so what she she, she does is, is she's like, well, I need some power to bring my, my fiancé back. Her grandfather is kind of like a witch. In this game, they're called knowers. Um, so you're a knower if you know, like, the, the black magic or the, you know, you know about devils and witches and stuff like that. Uh, he takes her to like a crossroads at midnight. And he's like, if you want this power, you got to make a deal with like the devil and become a witch. Give up your soul. It's what you got to do. And she's like, cool, him down. Wait, wait, totally wait, wait fucking... give up your soul? She's got to do it. Well, OK, so he, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. OK. So she's like, yes, I will go. I will I will literally go to hell. I will talk to what is basically Satan. And I will like get the darkness power. I will like work with demons and I will do all this thing. And I'll carry around a just giant magic black book with me. Because I want to bring my my fiance back. But I will do all this stuff. She's like, yes, I'm all about it. And she does. Like, just for real. Just, like, fucking does it. No hesitation. Which is crazy. Crazy. From the American perspective. But in, from the Slavic perspective, or, like, from the Russian perspective, pretty normal thing. Like, they're like, yeah, this is just, like, what you do. This is, like, a fact of life. This is what you do. It's one of the most incredible things about this game is the culture. The cultural exposure I'm getting from playing this game is just, like, a revelation. Because she is a woman who has basically like dealt with satan to get these powers and she's doing witchcraft but at the same time still believes in god still believes in like christianity still says like god bless you and helps people and the duality of that feeling on the one side you are literally doing like evil deeds but at the same time you're helping people and you're doing good deeds and both of those things exist in this person at the same time and there's like no real contradiction it's just like a blend it's kind of this giant like acceptance and and recognition that no person is one thing. Like everybody is like both things and just that duality is just like the nature of existence. Right. It's so fucking interesting to get that content from some perspective that is absolutely not American. Like nothing about this game is American like at all. And I I I love it.
1: Yeah. Can I just stop you right there? Because I would say that that's one thing that threw me off or like turned me off in the beginning. And I'm sure a lot of people who might like, I don't know, I'm just not down with like the idea of, hanging out with Satan and and doing things with him. Um, (laughs) Even in video game form, believe it or not, like I, it's just like, I don't know. I have a, what's aversion. I have an aversion to, to, to not just like witchcraft happens in video games and stuff, but like this style, you know, but, but you saying that is much more intriguing to know that, that she has kind of that duality on the both sides of her.
0: Oh my God, dude. It is so interesting. I love seeing this perspective because it is not anything that we would traditionally get in the West. That acknowledgement that sometimes you must do evil things to, to get a good result or vice versa. I mean, just I mean just the ability for her to say in one town, I'm cursing you, uh, whatever, bad farmer because of you pissed me off or because someone paid me to curse you, which is an evil deed. Like, you know, causing someone's cow to wither and die and his family's going to starve because someone gave you 10 bucks is a fucking evil deed. But in the very next step, she's like, oh, there's somebody who's sick. I'm going to heal them with my witchcraft powers. And they're going to pray to Jesus and God. And I'm going to be like, yes, I totally believe in God, too. Like back Weird. and forth, like swings back and forth. And it just totally works. I love th- just that whole concept, that whole worldview. It's fucking amazing. Um, so there's that. You're also getting exposed to like all of these like myths and legends and monsters and folk tales and fairy tales from that region, which I'm not very familiar with at all because we don't really get those that often. I don't have any cultural exposure myself. I'm not from like a Russian family or a Slavic family, so I don't know that stuff. Um, but, like, the is often have, like, a, like information pop-up. that's like, oh, look this up in the encyclopedia if you want. And, like, there's an in-game encyclopedia. And I'm reading it, like, constantly, dude. Like, they give you, like, these little folktales. They give you, like, definitions of some of the words. If you forget what some of the words are, you can hit a button, and it tells you the definition right there, so you kind of, like, follow along with the story. That was one of my concerns with the demo was, like, I had no real cultural context for a lot of this stuff, and I wasn't sure what a lot of these words even meant. And so in this final version, they give you a lot of that information, which helps paint the entire picture, which is great. Um, <clears throat> so basically, you go out through the countryside and you help people with their problems. In, in a sense, very much like The Witcher 3. But instead of doing combat in real time, you're using um, deck building mechanics and you're casting spells. Uh, so you have this black book, this book, which I guess is like, you know, from the devil or something. And each page is like a different spell. Uh, The deck building mechanic, I think, is really, really, really well done. I think it's great. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but basically you kind of flip through the book, pick the pages that you want, and cast a spell. And some of the pages interact with the other pages. Some of them are black pages, and some of them are white pages, which are like, you know, black spells and white spells, good spells, evil spells. Um, You can do a lot of demonic stuff. You can do a lot of, like, you know, uh, angelic stuff. It kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes you're doing both at the same time. Sometimes they counteract each other, sometimes they help each other. It's a really cool system that interacts with like the general view of the game itself. And you're constantly running into this whole, I am both. I am. I can choose either one of these things. I am deciding what I want to do right now. And in, in many cases, either way is fine. Um, I haven't got to the end of the game. I'm pretty deep in it. I mean, I'm probably more than halfway. The campaign is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. So it's a pretty significant campaign. Um, but if you can imagine Witcher 3, like being a Witcher, but instead of fighting... You just go from town to town with your with your book. And when you know, these farmers want your help or you hear about a ghost in the woods or the fish have disappeared from the river, you got to go see if you can get the fish back or weird fires are happening. What's causing the fires? Like you're investigating all these problems um, and you just like solve them through whatever means, whether you can consult demons for help, you can destroy the demons, you can look in your book for spells or you can try to look for like a more mundane option. Um, it's just really, really cool. And I'm learning so much about like that part of the world. It's very fascinating. All these oh. little traditions and superstitions and rules that you didn't know about. I'm learning all about like a Russian architecture that has, you know, has an important part in the game. The, the different like hierarchies of demons in the world is like super fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's all really, really great stuff. I love it. And um, the other part of it is like a lot of this is done through uh, visual novel style. So like you get to a town, they give you a choice. And it says they'll read you a little vignette, a little story. Oh, you got to a town and there's a guy here and he's starving and his wife says she feeds him all the time but he never gets fatter and he never gains weight. What do you want to do? And then there's like four choices and then you just kind of choose which one. If you don't know these myths and legends, there's a button you can push that will kind of like give you some cultural context at the cost of like half the experience you would earn. So oh, either,
1: that's interesting.
0: You can either guess it if you want to. And there's a lot of resources. You can read all the shit in the encyclopedia. Most of the answers are found in the encyclopedia if you read them. Uh, But if you don't want to read them, you can just push this button and it'll it'll give you like some knowledge that'll help you solve the problem, but you get less experience for doing it. So they kind of encourage you to kind of read about this stuff and learn about it. Um, But like most of the situations are visual novel style where you're just kind of reading a story, making a choice, reading a story, making a choice. Um, Sometimes you're in an open world where you're kind of looking around a little bit. All the environments are pretty small. Uh, But then you have a lot of characters you're interacting with, a lot of story, a lot of history, a lot of the stuff circles back. Uh, The themes are great. The world is great. I I think the the card battling, I think, is really, really good, really strong. Um, The only thing I will say as a negative, what are some negatives? I think it starts off a little bit rough. And I think a lot of people might play the first 20 minutes and kind of bounce off it because uh, the graphics as you're walking around as the person are pretty low poly. And I think if you're not, if you don't play further into see how it goes and how they use that as an art style, you may think it just looks cheap. I think it looks actually really cool once I got into it. But, I, but when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this looks like really rough and uh, I don't know about this. But I would say just hang with it because it all comes together into like a cohesive style once you get a bit further in. But it starts rough. I will say that. Mm. I will also say that the spells in your book, um, sometimes you can get into trouble when you're not really sure exactly what the cards mean. So I'm sure this is created by a team from Russia or a team from that part of the world. Translated into English, a couple of the words maybe don't come across exactly how they are meant to. And so I would have to kind of, I would think like, well, I thought this card was going to do this thing, but that didn't happen. Okay, well, what does it really mean? And so, you know, I figured it out with just a little bit of trial and error. And it's not been it's not been a problem at all, uh, but because you can redo the battles and you don't really lose anything, it's no problem. But, you know, just that kind of a thing where in a deck builder, it's very specific about the words and how the cards interact. Yeah. Once you get over that little bit of a learning curve, I think it's totally fine. And I really do like this system a lot. I think it's very... It's easy to understand, but there's also a lot of depth and nuance to it. It's definitely more uh, nuanced than something like Cardaclysm, where there's more to it, and you got to be like way more strategic about it. But at the same time, you can uh, put it on easy mode, and it's like a total pushover. If you want more challenge, you can up the difficulty. I think there's four difficulties, and uh, the higher difficulties are incredibly hard. So there's definitely challenge here if you want it. But for me, the the, the greatest thing about this game is just like... The cultural exposure, learning about this world, this approach to this character, how she gets through and just dealing with all these little situations in a Witcher style where sometimes that what you think is the right answer is totally not the right answer because you got to look through this through this Slavic lens. Right. And like Mm. things that make sense over there don't necessarily make sense over here. Not that one is right or wrong, but just like the different, you know, the different mores, the different upbringing, the different history. It's fucking so fascinating, dude. I am just like loving this game. It is so great. Shit like this is what I live for as a critic because it's bringing me so many new experiences, so many new ideas, so much new perspective. I'm just, like, eating this shit up with this spoon, dude. I fucking love it.
1: Really quick, going back to the point of you said um, you can, you know, uh, like, lose battles or something like that. Is there, like, a death thing? Can you actually die and have to save and load and that kind of stuff?
0: Oh, yeah. You can save as much as you want. There's no limits on the save. And also, the game is very upfront about telling you if you die, like, the game doesn't autosave until you go to a new location. And that makes sense with how you see the map and stuff. I'm not gonna bore you with the details here, but that's really important because if you get to a location and die, you simply reload. You just you're back where you were. You didn't lose anything. You restart. But if you move on to the next location, whatever you did is locked in permanently. So as long as you don't move on to the next location, you can replay that battle a thousand times and you don't lose anything. Just over and over and over until you, you know, until you get the ending that you want or until you win the battle the way that you want to win it. So it's very forgiving. And also there's like tons of saves. You can save as much as you want. Uh, they're not in it to punish you at all. I mean, you can die. You can definitely lose battles. Monsters can kill you. You can make wrong choices and die. So that is all possible. But they're not here to punish you. Like They don't want you to get discouraged and, and quit. They want you just to like to learn a lesson and move on. So you can easily go back and redo things if you fail.
1: All right. So, and then the other thing is that I'm with you on that thing, especially with Witcher. That's one, probably like the most uh, easy example of like learning about stuff, you know, from different parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's tons of other games like that. Like just even small studios will do an indie game and we'll get like some of that through the development, you know, or the world. Yeah. Like it'll just come across. It's not supposed to be like a learning lesson, but it's just because, again, getting games from different parts of the world. So I'm with you. I want more of that. I love it. And I'm going to re-give this game a look now that your glowing review is up.
0: Oh, man. I love it. i, I just full disclosure. dude. This is guaranteed going to be on my top ten of the year. It's like a lock. There's no way this is not going to be in my top ten. So I would recommend anybody listening, if anything I've said about this sounds interesting, you know, just go into it. Like, it's not a huge budget game. It was a kick game. So, like, you know, a couple of rough edges here and there. But like the stuff that it gets good, it is wonderful. And I I live for this stuff. This is so great. I wish we got stuff that was as fresh and as interesting as, as this all the time. So check it out. It's on Game Pass. If you got Game Pass, try it and you don't lose anything. Otherwise, it's on every other system, I believe. So Black okay. Book, I love it.
1: Groovy. We're done.
0: Oh, wait. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Oh, what you got some?
1: I have something, even though this is like a long episode, I think. What do you got? Um, what do you got? I don't want. I have to mention this at the end of the podcast because we know we uh, we talk about all the podcast news. These are three things that I wanted to mention about the Gamescom. That we'll actually talk about it later in another episode. Yeah, go
0: ahead. They're
1: bringing back Saints Row.
0: Oh yeah, I heard about it. I I did not see the trailer though.
1: Yeah, it's it's. There's not really a gameplay trailer. There's like a really quick teaser. It's mainly just cinematic, but the idea is they're bringing it back, which is fun. Like, I love that game. It's fun, ridiculous Oh, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, Riders Republic beta is open right now. Okay. Which I've been talking about that game on the show all the time. So You did. You did. I'm excited to play it. Like, as soon as we're done here, I'll probably go uh, boot it up. And lastly, Halo
0: got a release date. What is the release date? Uh, Halo Infinite, you mean?
1: Halo Infinite got a release date. And it is this year. They are going to try to pull it off. Campaign one player campaign that we haven't seen December 8th.
0: Cool. If you like Halo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I like open world games and if I would just, I would play, I would buy just to play the campaign. Uh, But it's just weird that of course we haven't seen it yet. You know, really. Right. Right.
0: right. Yeah.
1: Anywho, just to mention that let's wrap this show up. Let's wrap this up.
0: All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, As always, we want your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games, podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter collectively at so video games But you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week?
1: Just go to TikTok and search for a lot of things comedy or Instagram. Uh, It's a lot of things. And it's the the whole thing. It's a lot of
0: things. It's a lot of things. All right. There we go. Uh, As for me, same as always. Twitter, Instagram. It's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 247. Thank you all again for joining us here. On the Sobety Games podcast, and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad.
1: This is bye from Carlos. i said it like you said it. That's weird. Wait, I want to see another thing you said. Uh, and 50 to 50% of this year's show. I fucked it up. <laughs> oh, it does take a lot of work to do that.
0: It's hard to say that I fuck it up halfway. Hold on, time. hold on. It's very
1: difficult. And 50% of this year's show. Yeah, it is
0: hard. It's very tough to say that. It's strangely, bizarrely difficult.
1: And this show's over.